the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Acts 4 verses 12 and 13 says, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Verse 13, now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. As having been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus this week? Have I been with Jesus this week? Many, many years ago now, Jenny and I would travel from our um, Snells Beach Bible College to the centre of Auckland most Friday nights to join a big, large team. And after an hour in prayer, we would head out and talk to strangers on Queen Street about faith in Christ. And it was kind of like a seed-sowing ministry, uh, not unlike the, uh, the, what the team did here last week in Huntley. And we'll never know where those seeds will, will end up, but God will look after them. But one night, however, the only park we could find uh, was near the fenced-off basement area for the Sky Tower. It hadn't been built yet. <laughs> and as I kind of peered through this little gap in the, uh, the three-metre-high fence, uh, I was amazed at the size of this enormous hole in the ground, like 30 to 40 meters deep down into the rock was this hole where the sky tower was to be. And, uh, and that was to prepare for the foundation. So over the next few months, thousands of tons of concrete uh, formed what would be the base of New Zealand's tallest building, which we now can you know, all see for miles around. Um, but it, 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 um, it's, it's been battered over the years by winds and high, you know, gale force storms and heavy rain beating against that tower, but it has remained firm. What gives it its strength is that part of it that's below ground that we can't see. And I was thinking to grow taller in Christ, we need to go deeper in Christ. Amen to get bigger, have a bigger perspective and vision. We need to go deeper in Christ. We need a foundation of truth to support that for, um, to support faith-driven actions. It was great, you know, wasn't it, to hear the amazing testimonies of the team last week. And, um, and we had them at our home on Sunday night. It was a wonderful night and just uh, many were encouraged. It was just yeah, really special, very special. But I'm sure that those, those, those team members had all experienced pain and trials in their lives and, uh, and they'd had many hours of, of hard times uh, that required them to dig deep into God and to his word. Jesus set the example by spending hours in prayer before Father God, before venturing out among the crowds every day. The unseen power of God, evident in Peter and John's words and actions and acts, came from having been with Jesus. 
going deep, building a foundation all those years with Jesus. Well, we began our series called Faith in Action last week with the story of Peter stepping out of the boat to meet Jesus on the water in Matthew 14. Peter's willingness to simply take the Lord at his word and step out of a seaworthy vessel onto liquid would be hailed by some as really foolish or reckless since he probably couldn't swim. But what strikes me is, hey, there were 11 others in the boat with, uh, in, in that boat that night, and it was Peter who stepped out. And either they didn't or didn't want to or couldn't get out of that boat. But in fairness to the other 11, it was actually Peter who laid down the challenge. He said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus simply said, come. One word, come. So in obedience to Jesus and his own idea, Peter gets out of, of the boat and walks on the water. Was Peter impetuous and foolhardy? Or did he even, but maybe just for a few moments, did he tap into God's reality? The place where God is. The place of the impossible. I believe it was the latter. Peter caught a glimpse of God's unlimited power and heaven's resources for just a few moments. What about us? Have we, have we had that lately? Have we caught a glimpse of God's endless supply of power? Through faith, he focused on Jesus and he walked on water. You see, faith is the currency of heaven. Without it, we can't please God, Hebrews 11 verse 6. We know, however, that next minute he looked at the problem instead of Jesus. He lost focus and he began to sink. These days we'd probably say to old Peter, good on you, good on you Peter for having a go. After all, he was the only one willing to do it. But Jesus was... His response was, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? As usual, Jesus nailed the real issue, doubt. But he didn't knock Peter's decision to hear and obey. So if we compare the Peter in Matthew 14 with the Peter in Acts chapter 4, we see a man transformed by having been with Jesus and having been filled with God's resurrection power. That was the difference here in Acts 4. We see this man transformed from a man of doubt to a man of confidence. The heart of this series um, is that really we all hear, trust and obey what God has called us to do regarding our mission, but our calling, our, our mission or, or purpose here on earth. He wants us to trust and obey what he's called us to, no matter what. So I've simply called this message, Trust and Obey. Let's open our word. Let's open the Bible at Acts chapter 4, and let's just read together, or I'll read verses 8 to 20. 
Acts chapter 4. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, this is after a significant miracle had taken place, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, didn't mince his words, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the very cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had over ordered them sorry, to go aside out of the council, they began to confer with one another and saying, what shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. Can people look at your life and see Jesus? But in order that, they, that it may not uh, spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in his name or this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Not so successful there. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. And when they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which they might punish them on account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. I went on one more verse. That's cool. So this, is, this has been my, my personal readings lately, been going through the book of Acts again, just thinking of the, the, the faith and the actions that, that, that are in there. And I, I just sort of believe chapter 4 is really sort of quite symbolic of this faith in action that, are, that, we're, that we're in in the series of at the moment. These were good times, actually, as we read on, it sort of falls apart a little bit for some of the disciples. There were good times because it concludes by saying that the believers were of one mind and heart and that there was not a needy person among them. That's the end of chapter 4. Wow, wouldn't we love to see that? Not a needy person among them and being of one mind and heart. You know, and as much as, as I love miracles and stories of great courage that really inspire me, and, and particularly this story of uneducated men taking on the powerful opponents, you know, the leaders of the, of the religious system, sadly for me, as I read on, the very next chapter in Acts deals with problems within the church. 
followed by a great persecution against the church in chapter 8, verse 2. Is this reason to throw in the towel or lose heart? Many do when the going gets tough and hurts arise. It's a choice we all have to face at some point in our walk with Jesus. In the darkest times, it, it's really tough to trust and obey. And it's really easy to take offense and walk away from the Lord, isn't it? And Jesus warned us. He warned us that bad things will happen. He said, because they hate me, they'll hate you. He said, when the world persecutes you and trials come, rejoice because your Father in heaven sees it and will reward you. What Jesus is really saying here is if you trust and obey me in the hard times, you'll build depth, you'll build faith, you'll build a foundation and a testimony that will last forever. Over the coming weeks, we hope to hear some of those testimonies to God's faithfulness in missional triumphs and in tough times. And we're really looking forward to hearing from our speakers over the next few weeks about their testimonies of triumphs and failures. There was a little insert in your bulletin today that said, missionaries are not just those who cross the sea, but all those who see the cross. And I just sort of love that. And I, and I think it when we think about our mission here in Huntley, I just think of Jeremiah 29 verse 7. And I'm just going to read it because it's such a powerful verse. It says, 29 verse 7, And seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have your welfare. So where we're planted, we're to be a, a missionary. Some years ago, I attended my old church where I grew up. I got to 22 and I left. And she said, I haven't seen you for, for years. What have you been doing? I said, well, we've been on the mission field in Huntley for 40-odd years. <laughs> we've got to see where we are as a mission field. Where is God calling you to serve? While you think about that, let's just take a few minutes to unpack today's scripture and we're going to ask, what gave Peter such confidence? Number one, firstly, Peter's faith was built on the stone which the builders rejected, which became the chief cornerstone, Acts 4.11. This is a direct quote from Psalm 118 verse 22. The foundation of our faith should also be the solid rock of Christ himself. He's the rock that doesn't move. He is truth personified. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Any other foundation we build on will fall short on the day of judgment and in the storms of this life. Sharing the gospel with some people Many react with a justification of their beliefs. And I'm sure you've had that too. Talked to a young guy at youth group one night. 
And he says, my jam's the, the Crips, and your jam's to come here. <laughs> I thought about that for a minute, and I thought, actually, no, that's shaky ground, man. <laughs> that is very shaky ground. All other ground is shaky ground. Jesus is the rock. We're not just in a club. We're on the rock. Number two, Peter was recognized as having been with Jesus. Verse 13, simply time spent with the Savior built this kind of reliance on Jesus' voice. He'd learned to listen to the voice of Jesus over these years with him. His miracle working power, his presence along with a resilience. It had built some stamina into Peter to withstand trials. You see, knowing Jesus is not an optional part of the Christian life. It is the Christian life. Knowing Jesus is life. Jesus said in John 17 verse 5, and this is eternal life that they may know thee, this is King, almost King James language, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent, that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. The Greek word to know used in this context, that word know in Greek is the word gnosko. And that word is not, not used where it's just an experience or a feeling or head knowledge where we just know about God. It's the same word we use in an intimate setting like a man and his wife, knowing that person, their heart, their mind, their soul. And it's that same intimacy he wants with us where we know them. It's a you and me relationship, as in having been with Jesus. Many years ago, an Irish neighbour rang my new worker. Never met him. No hello. Just said, Peter, have you got a heavy traffic licence? Have you got a heavy traffic licence? He said, yes, I have. He said, can you come with me, please? My husband's been with the drink. And he's at Gordonton and needs his truck driven home. He had been with the drink. If you're not with Jesus, you're probably with something else. You know? Nature abhors a vacuum. You know, you, you have a nicely brushed up piece of dirt on a bank. It doesn't stay like that for long. If you don't put some grass on it, it's going to grow weeds. If we haven't been with Jesus, we'll be with something else. Something else will rush in and take our heart, our attention, and our affections. Number three, Peter had conquered the fear of man, verse 19. Whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than God, you be the judge. He's, he's deferring, putting the onus back on these religious leaders. You decide which is right. Should we obey God or man? Or how could they say anything but God, you know? Clever technique. But he was confident in his God because he knew him. He'd been with him. Verse 20. For we cannot stop speaking what we have seen or heard. I love that. 
We just cannot. It just bubbles out. We just can't help ourselves. I love people like that. I generally see, you know, on catch a little window into someone's heart within the first 50 words they say. Because what's in here is going to come out. And number four, finally, Peter had learnt to trust and obey. He was no longer the cowering outsider, denying his Lord in a dim courtyard. He now boldly spoke with great confidence concerning Jesus' death and resurrection before the highest court officials in the land. The spirit of the risen Christ gave him power over doubt and fear. Remember the boat. His problem rose up pretty quickly. Do you struggle with these twin spirits? Doubt and fear. They are spirits. We can pray them off. We have authority over them. You just simply say, fear and doubt, be gone in Jesus' name. Jenny and I were in Florence many years ago. And we'd arranged to meet and... uh, I was sort of imagining, you know, St. Francis of Assisi preaching there in the main square. I think I heard that somewhere a few hundred years ago, many hundreds of years ago. And I got a little bit lost. And I found myself down this alleyway that wasn't quite a main alleyway. In fact, it was quite scary and dark for the middle of the day. And I almost felt the hairs come up on the back of my neck. And I didn't want to look around. I just felt this presence behind me. And I didn't want to look around. I just walked straight for the end of that street, turned left, glanced back, no one there. But I believe it was the spirit of fear trying to, you know, get to my heart. You just have to pray it off. Fear and doubt, go in Jesus' name. To wrap up every encounter Peter had, with Jesus leading up to the cross, helped build this strong foundation of trust. Despite all his blunders and doubting times of, you know, foot-in-mouth disease, Peter knew Jesus, but not the power and authority of the risen Lord. But once Jesus was risen from the dead, he knew him as the resurrected Lord. Do you know him? Do you know him but not his Holy Spirit power working in your life to overcome doubt and fear? Do you know him but you've lost your way lately? Do others recognize you and me as having been with with Jesus? Maybe today is the day of renewing your trust in his lordship and for obeying what he's telling you to do. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. When Peter saw the cross and his best friend hanging on it, he got a revelation of who Jesus was. Going forward, let's not look left or right at the storms and the troubles, but fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I didn't mean in any way to to diminish the cost of those who cross the sea to tell others the gospel. It's a huge sacrifice, learning another language and culture. But we need to see 
the cross before we go anywhere. And we need to see Jesus in his glory. Glorified state. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word that's just giving the account of transformed lives, filled with power, filled with your spirit, really knowing you and coming out with, we cannot stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. May we just be those people that can't stop speaking about it, can't stop thinking about it, can't stop planning for who we're going to meet and talk to next. Lord, just being with you day by day, walking in the Spirit, starting each morning in prayer and having the covering of your beautiful cloak of righteousness over our lives, Lord, because we, we, we are on shaky ground on our own righteousness. So, Lord, cover us by your blood, the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.